Bienvenidos a Hot Breath. It is I, your host, comedian Joel Byers, bringing you another exuberantly exceptional exchange of words, a.k.a. interview. My guest today is the young gun Caleb Sinan. At only 23 years old, He's already been a finalist on the Laughing Skull Festival. He's been a featured comedian on the nationally syndicated Bob and Tom show. And most recently, Last Comic Standing. This interview took place the week of Caleb's big move out to Los Angeles. We talk about his big plans out there and backtrack all the way to his roots as a homeschooled preacher's kid that dropped out of UGA to chase a comedy dream. He also reflects on his experience on Last Comic Standing. Everything from preparation to just how different a performance is on television compared to in a comedy club. This truly is a tale of faith and funny. So before we congregate, take a holy hot breath with Caleb Sinan. All right. If you could say your full name into the microphone. Caleb Sinan. Caleb Sinan. Thanks for being on the show, buddy. Thank you. Thank you for having me. So you moved to Atlanta um, around two years ago from Athens? Yeah. um, It was more like three now. I moved in the summer of 2012. Mm -hmm. Uh, And... uh, yeah, it's uh, I guess about three years ago. And in the short amount of time you've been in Atlanta, I mean, you've already come in second to the Laughing Skull Festival. You've been on the Bob and Tom nationally recognized comedy radio station. And you just recently headlined Athfest, the Athens festival out there at the Georgia Theater. Mm-hmm. How have you been able to accomplish so much in such a short amount of time? Well, um... I think I'll, almost all of that is due to the scene here, because uh, I, I it's lucky, but I also I I knew that, so I went and became a part of it. I knew that there's something special going on in Atlanta, so I moved here from Athens, and uh, it was right around the time that all the beards of comedy moved, uh, and so I got to meet them right before they left. So when they left and and had all these open spots at the clubs, I they would recommend me, so I got to do, I got a lot of stage time really quickly, which is uh, really important when you're not very good. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that helped. And uh, it's also, I mean, you have to do, and until you have an agent and a manager, you have to kind of do everything yourself. And uh, it feels kind of gross, but I would do it. I would email people and be like, hey, here's my tape, can I do this? And one in ten might respond, but... I mean, if in Atlanta, I feel like stage time is the thing. So I would try and get as much as I could. And you can get a crazy amount here. Mm-hmm. And when you say you would email people, 
you're taping everything? Like who specifically? Just in the city or around the southeast? Well, anybody. I would email clubs. I I emailed Last Comic Standing and just gave them. I said, "Hey, here's my tape." I didn't think it'd work. I wasn't <laughs> even sure that was the email uh, that they used. But I, that's just what I do all the like when I'm sitting at home before a show. That's what I do, and uh, that one just happened to work. I mean, I've sent emails to everybody uh, mm-hmm. within reason. I'm not emailing Conan, but I heard a couple people got in to Last Comic Standing just through email. So I was like, "Well, I'll email." Them. I I hoped that it was the right thing, but uh, I don't know if they're still doing that. But yeah. <laughs> they probably aren't, since I'm telling people. But I'm I think I can tell people that. Yeah. yeah. How long did it take them to respond? A few weeks. I mean, I'd forgotten about it because mm-hmm. I send so many emails. But uh, yeah, I couldn't believe it. They're like, "Yeah, that's funny. Well, who are you?" <laughs> wow. And uh, I still had to audition like everybody else, but that's how I got an audition. Um, so, and I would email, like, that's how you, you can get on a lot. If you, you have a good tape mm-hmm. and people see it and they're like, oh, okay. Uh, cause I mean, you've, I'm, I'm sure you've had this, you've run shows and if you're like, oh, that person's funny. Sure. You can do my show. And mm-hmm. It helps to have a, a good tape. And a good tape. Is this a tape of you at a club or just at like a bar situation? Um, I have the ones I've been using are one of me at the Laughing School, and then there's one of me at Epic Comedy Hour. You've done Epic Comedy mm-hmm. Hour. It's just crazy good, great show. Show, and they have they give they tape it for you. I didn't even, and I think that's why the tape was both of those. I didn't know were being taped, mm-hmm. which is I think the key to a good tape. Because if you know it's being taped, you're up there and you're like, ooh. <laughs> but yeah, I, I wish I I wish I could get taped more often without my knowledge is that just because you're nervous if you are being taped you self-conscious well because you're thinking of it as a, you're doing it for a tape instead of for the audience and which is never as funny mm-hmm. uh you know there and it's less natural and you're you're not loose you know mo- like and i'm sure you know i've seen you do sets you want to go out there and have fun and you want to you know maybe hey what's up with this guy or hey whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> on the way here or something. but if you're doing a tape you just go out there and you're like i'm me and here's joe and it's right I, sometimes i think the audience is like what's he trying to do and i think it kind of feels less genuine did you find yourself in that kind of robot mode when you were doing last comic standing um half and half uh because Man, they that set it had to be three and a half minutes exactly. They're like, don't go under, don't go over. Wow. Um, and it was a great crowd. It was like a theater with like five hundred people in it. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's really bizarre because they don't let you watch anyone else. And they're spraying hairspray on you and makeup, and you're, <laughs> you know, it's it's very strange. You know, you've been on the set for hours and hours, and and. Uh, like this five seconds before you walk out on that stage, someone has like is like clicking stuff in your pants with microphones and they're wow. spraying and they're dabbing on your face and touching you all over, getting making you look nice and they're like making sure your shirt is still ironed and <laughs> I've never experienced anything like it, and it's definitely not the atmosphere for you to be naturally loose and funny, and that you have to submit your set and make sure there's no cursing, there's no you know. You can't be like, you can't have some big anti-NBC joke or your bit about how you, you know what I mean? So they have to run it through you. So it's, you're definitely, and it's also, that's the set you auditioned with, usually. Yeah. So it's it's a set you know really well, but 
And you walk out there and it's like, oh, man, Roseanne's got a new haircut. Oh, there's Norm MacDonald. Oh, man, look at... And so, and you see them very clearly. They're right there. Uh-huh. Oh, the judges. And you're during your jokes, you're like, did Norm like that one? Did who? And uh, and then, right after you do it, like, you feel great. You're like, TV. Like, it was a big deal for me. Yeah. And And then right after that, they all tell you how they felt about it, <laughs> which is so strange to... Mostly people just say good set or what, or they don't say anything. Right. But when it's, uh, you know, Norm being like, that was good. Um, he, and, and so celebrities are saying how they, and there's cameras and everybody gets to hear it. And uh, that was a, to go from, oh, TV to, oh, okay. What did I, what did I, okay, I need to work on that. Cool. So that was very strange. Do you, have you applied those suggestions? I have. Uh I mean, most of their suggestions were how to do it set on television. Uh, Interesting. Which, so when you're talking about performing on TV, like, are you supposed to address the cameras as opposed to actual people in the audience? A little bit. Uh, they, you should play to the camera because that's who you should worry about, and they can ed- they have time to edit or whatever. So even if that crowd doesn't dig you, I'm sure they can add stuff. But uh, and to to do things like uh, shorter versions of jokes. And I had one joke that, now that I'm looking back at it, was too long for a, for that set. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I even then I knew, like, oh, let's do a shorter version of this, 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 this. But I, didn't, I don't think I realized just how, you know, boom, 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 boom it needed to be. Uh, it went well, but it, it I mean, have, if you've never done TV, you don't, there's some things you just don't know. Right. You know. I spoke with Mia Jackson, another Atlanta comic, mm-hmm. who's on Last Comic Standing, and her preparation was just tedious. She said she would be on the phone, just running sets with like friends yeah, and other yeah. comics, and like constantly just running over it in her head. Did you find yourself over? Yeah, yeah, I definitely, especially for for your first TV thing to also be a competition is a lot of added things, and to do it with critiques immediately after it. And that it's such a long process because the whole thing, you know, started in August, September for me, and then they taped in March. But the whole thing took forever, uh, and I I feel like if I could do it again, I would have thought about it less. <laughs> yeah, because I don't know if the extra thoughts help, or maybe I don't I don't know. But I I did. Obviously, you want I every single day. I feel like changing how, the way I made coffee this morning I feel like I didn't, you know so but I, th- I I really enjoyed it and it went well but I you know I I do wish I had because that's never the way to be funniest is to well what you want to do is think about it for a year you know like, right you you should just be more natural well one of your strengths besides being one of the funniest people in the city is your ability to network you really have a just a seems to be a natural ability to people gravitate towards you. Did, were you able to carry that into Last Comic Standing and network there? I think it helped a little bit. Um, well, I don't. Uh, a lot of comedians have the oh, you know, if you're a comedian, you you're awkward and you're mm-hmm. tears of a clown. All these things that I I guess apply to some, but I mean, I I like hanging out. <laughs> I don't hate. I mean, I don't. You know. Most people I don't like. But, I mean, I like some folks. And uh, 
I don't mind having fun. And I, 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 I hate to think of it as networking, but it's like, like I legitimate, like if it's a comedian I like, I'll be like, man, like, cause every, all my friends now, I saw them do stand up before I was friends with them. Uh, you know, I saw, when I saw, you know, Dave Stone, I was like, mm-hmm. that guy, I want to be friends with him. He seems cool. He's hilarious. Cause that's, I mean, you know, that's the way I lived my life before. Like I was friends with the class clown cause, oh man, he's Casey's the funniest guy in school. I want to be friends with him. And, uh, you know, I don't, and, but then in stand up, there's business involved with it and stuff. So some right. people are like, Ooh, networking. But I'm just like, no, I just want to be friends with the funny people. You know, I'd love to be friends with Ron White, but he's, you know, he's always, he's famous and stuff. So, and you can't just go to someone and tell them, let's be friends as adults. Right. So. Weren't you voted wittiest of your high school? I was voted wittiest, Mm -hmm. which I didn't really expect because usually wittiest goes to the guy who uh, streaks across the field and like pours water on himself and, you know, that guy and paints himself with all the games. Uh. And that's every year at our school. But then my year, I was the only guy that was just like, yeah, I'm just the sarcastic guy. <laughs> I didn't, I wasn't like the class clown or anything, which I think upset some people because they're like, what, what, what about the guy that takes his dick out? I mean, he's cool. <laughs> I mean, you've come a long way if you're going from wittiest, starting <laughs> off being homeschooled, you know. I mean, a lot of times, you know, if it's quite an acclimation process going from being homeschooled to just jumping into I didn't have it as bad as my my oldest sister was homeschooled until sixth grade or Mm -hmm. something like she went from homeschool to middle school and I went from homeschool to second grade so it was still a lot of whoa okay this is different um I didn't know that everyone at school wasn't a Christian uh, because everyone at homeschool was Mm -hmm. because you didn't there wasn't an option they just you're we're all Christians here Mm-hmm. You're all my children, so do you do these things? And and so that that was a big one when I was like, I didn't know you couldn't tell on people for not, you know, going to church or whatever. Like, I, I would tell on people for everything because I was like, oh, well, he did something. He's not doing. I didn't know that people didn't follow the rules of the Bible at school. <laughs> uh, so that was a weird one for me. But, yeah, I, I can't imagine. My older sister was homeschooled for way more years. Do you remember when you learned that everybody isn't Christian? Do you remember that moment in your life? Yeah, it was second grade. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, oh, okay. And uh, and I didn't even know, like, the super conservative way I was brought up was, <laughs> you know, conservative, Christian, evangelical, like, the whole thing. So my parents would even do, like, I'd be like, is Bill Clinton a Christian? Which he is. And they'd be like, no, nah, he's not. He's just saying that. Like, like they would be, they, they would, like, you don't get to choose if you're a Christian at my family's house. They'll tell you if you are or not. And be like, I'm a Christian. They'll be like, nah, you're not doing it good enough. So, like, they're even another level. So it's like, you can tell on someone for not being a good enough, good enough Christian, which is crazy. Wow. Uh, so, yeah, if somebody was just lying, I'd tell on them for, which there's no rule in school against just lying, I don't think. Or you know, <laughs> or coveting. Yeah, you, that's not against the rules. Mm-hmm. You have two sisters and a brother. Mm-hmm. And I guess you all grew up with the father. Your father was a preacher, mm-hmm. correct? So, I mean, how has that influenced your comedy? Because you are not, you don't really edit yourself, it seems. It doesn't seem like no. you take your Christian background into 
account to your comedy? Well, um, I don't know. That's kind of one of those. It's the Christian thing is very strange because there's a lot of uh, weird things people just added on recently, like like you're spo- like you're not supposed to have sex before you're married, but even once you're married, you're supposed to pretend sex doesn't exist. Like you're just supposed to gloss like. We'd be watching Everybody Loves Raymond, and Raymond would get in the bed with his wife, and my mom would want to change the channel. And I'd be like, "It's they're not just going to start having This is CBS. <laughs> like, clearly, they're just about to speak to each other, and the lights are going to go out. Like, mm-hmm. But even marital sex is, is, you know, seems bad. Like, you're supposed to pretend sex is, doesn't exist, and we're not going to talk about it, and we don't go to the bathroom either. It's all <laughs> these weird things that I'm just like, well, that's not in the the part of that's not part of it and so i definitely don't dig any of that stuff which kind of clashes with my parents but i'm not gonna sit around and pretend that (laughs) (laughs) sex isn't real you know does your mom work in the church as well she does um she does like the uh the they project lyrics on the screen and she changes the slides and you know, she's like the first lady of the church. Oh, wow. So she does all those kind of things. and She's really funny. Uh, she'll go up and do announcements and things like that. And sometimes she'll do like a guest message. And she's really good. She's really funny. Um, she's very strict and, you know, straight-laced, but she's pretty funny. Yeah, you have a great joke about her calling you yeah, and yeah. crying your joke to you. And she saw the, she saw that video. Of me telling the joke about her crying the joke. Uh, so, and then my sister called me one time and was like, hey, um, I want to talk about your stand-up, my younger sister. And she was like, and I don't want you to write a joke about what we're about to talk about. Uh, so, like, people know that, and I'm like, it's funny. Like, I'm going to, if you do something hilarious telling me about my stand-up, I'm, like, I'm going to say it. Because I think it's funny. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, yeah, I mean... It's not just Christian people, it's everybody. Other comedians want to tell you how to tell your jokes, and bloggers want to tell you, and bookers. I did a club, I won't say which club it is, because I want to do it again, but (laughs) I did one club where he was like, all right, be clean, Um, don't say the F word on the first show. On the second show, you can say the F word, but only a couple times. Um, I want you to do adult themes, but not too raunchy. Uh, And I was just like, dude! (laughs) You hired me to come, like, why don't you go up and do that then? You just headline your, like, it's just like, dude, leave me alone a little bit. I, right. I know how to do this. Mm-hmm. I'm not the best in the world, but I, I know how to do my stand-up, you know? Mm-hmm. I just, I, some people get too into, and my parents are cool now, but there was a while where they're like, man, you're saying foul language up there. And I was like, yeah. yeah. Was there like um like a boiling point where they, you guys had kind of a one-on-one about it? Not really. I mean, they are, it's just, the way I told it to him was like, hey, this is, you know, this is our relationship. You're my parents, I'm your son. Um, I don't talk to you the way I talk to our grandparents. And I don't talk to you the way I would talk to my friends. Like, there's just a certain way you speak to people, you know? Mm-hmm. And I was like, though. Thing I'm doing this is like the way I hang there's a reason I don't invite my parents to sleepovers and high you know what I mean yeah it ruined like and that's what my stand-up is it's not for my parents it's not a family like and that's what I wanted that's why I want to do stand-up because of the way me and my friends interacted not the way me and my parents interacted 
And so I think now, and especially with Last Comic Standing, they're like, oh, okay, he's doing something, fine. Right. But it's definitely not there. You know, they don't want to go to a place with smoke and drinks and, you know, it's, most stand-up is not conservative Christian friendly. Right. So even if it's clean, it's still going to be people being like, the way these people think is dumb. <laughs> it's like, yeah, that's us. So I don't think it, they would enjoy it, but they're not mad anymore. There was, for a little bit, it was just like, because when I started, I was 19, so they're still, yeah. they, I'm still a kid to them. So they're just like, whoa, I didn't even know you thought about these things. Oh, well, yeah. When you first started out, did you find yourself trying to emulate maybe some performance cues your dad would use while preaching? Oh, for sure. Um, uh, my dad was a huge, and he's really good at preaching. Uh, he's, I don't agree with everything he says, but mm-hmm. he's very good at, uh, I mean, he does an hour every week, you know? Yeah. He's, he's, he's not going for laughs, but he is, you know, driving home points, setting things up. Um, it, so there are some things I, and sometimes I'll still go back and watch him do a sermon mm-hmm. and I'm like, man, I, that's a really good way to like Chris Rock talks about that. Like he loves watching preachers cause, and if you watch Chris Rock, you're like, Oh, he does do kind of that, that kind of thing. Uh, when you're preaching, it's more applause breaks and amens instead of laughs, but it is good. And stand up like Bill Burr does that too. When you're just like, yeah, like you really agree. And you're like, yeah, he's making a good point, you know? Uh, or even if you don't agree, it's you still have to respect the point. Like I don't agree with everything Patrice O'Neill says, but I love how much he commits to it. And he he really believes what he says. You know, you're taking doing stand up coming from the background you do. It seems to be a quite a somewhat rebellious route. Have your other siblings kind of going off in similar trajectories? Um, well, there, it's it's definitely a level. Whatever the four levels of rebellion are, that's the four of us. We all, it's, that's the scale. Uh, my youngest sister is the least rebellious. She still lives in the place where my parents, where we grew up. She's teaching little kids now and, uh, you know, very, the same sort of thing, very churchy, um, traditional, you know, promise ring, let's, you know, let's keep it pure, all that stuff. And my older brother, he's in the Navy now, and like, uh, he was he had the he went to Georgia Tech, and he was like, let's get out of here. I'm going to Atlanta, and he was all you know he he was very rebellious. He was even when he was young, he was he was always been the most rebellious person. He would slam his finger. He like slammed his finger in a cabinet one time, and my mom goes, Gabe, don't do that because you know it hurts. Yeah. And he, even though it hurt him. He was like, she told me not to do it. I'm going to do it again. So he would hurt, he would disobey and hurt himself just to, because he just loved to disobey. And uh, I'm not that rebellious. I, you know, but I, I do like doing stand up and I like drinking and hanging out and doing all the things they said not to do. But I mean, some, some of the things are right. Like smoking cigarettes is not a good idea. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I tried that <laughs> when I was allergic to them. So. You were allergic to cigarettes. Mm-hmm. It's not that bad now, but it used to be like I couldn't, like, but I still was like, yeah, they told me not to do it. Let me try it. But <laughs> they were right about some of the things, uh, but I think some of it is dumb. Well, now, in just a few days now, you're planning to move to Los Angeles. Mm-hmm. 
Oh, yeah. I mean, is is that kind of like small-town kid with big dreams? Has it always been Los Angeles for you? Um, I wanted to move to L.A. when I was in high school. I wanted to not go to college immediately, which I'm glad I'm moving now instead of then because a high schooler screenplays are the worst things in the world. <laughs> There's, I'm, I really hope they're destroyed because it's so embarrassing <laughs> what I thought was a good screenplay. Um, and I would have, I really didn't know how anything worked. Uh, I would have, it would have been bad and I'd had to move back. But me and my friend were like, we had a plan out. We're like, we're, we're going to drive to LA and we're going to hand them our screenplays and they're going to be like, these are amazing. Let's make these movies. <laughs> and, uh, our parents found out about it and we're like, guys, that's very stupid. And they, we got in trouble and they're like, no, you're going to graduate and you're going to go to college. And I still, I wish I had not gone to college cause I, I dropped out and it was a waste of money for me at least. Um, which was UGA. Yeah. Yeah. I had a lot of fun living in a dorm. I re I still, I'll, I'm happy to pay to live in a dorm for a year with college freshmen. That's very fun. <laughs> and there's nothing like it. It's really, everyone should do that. But I really wish I could have just paid them to live in the dorm and not gone to any classes and just hung out and had that call. Cause that's, that was very useful socially for me. But the classes were, I slept in a lot of them and didn't, <laughs> I only went for like a year and a half. And then moved back home? No, I'm, well, I, I, that's when I started stand up and oh. I, I only did, I finished out the semester and then stopped and was like, it's stand up. I can't, I, this is a waste of time. And then I moved to Atlanta, but yeah, it's not a, and my parents are, if it weren't for last comic standing, I, I don't know if, how thrilled they'd be about it, but now they're like, oh, okay, this is a real, that was the first, like, even like, hey, mom, I came in second in the laughing school. They're like, what? <laughs> like, the only thing that makes sense is, are you going to be on a TV show that I watched? Right. Uh, so, like, I could even tell them, hey, I'm on uh, Louie, which is huge. Like, any comedian would be like, whoa, you're on Louie's show? But they'd be like, what? Because they don't watch that. They don't know. Mm -hmm. uh, so that was a big, and now they're like, okay, he's he's really doing a stand-up. It's a career. It's not a a dumb. He's not just going in there and being talking about penises <laughs> in front of strangers. He's still do. I'm still doing that, but it's you know. And they all they do think L.A. is where the devil lives, but mm -hmm. you know. That's why I wasn't sure if you're deciding to move out there now because you have the affirmation from them and Last Comic Standing. Um, well, I've wanted to move out there for the last two years. Once I, I, I thought it was New York for a long time. Once I started doing stand-up, I was like, because it was L.A. when I was in high school. And then once I started doing stand-up, I was like, oh, New York City. Because I was like, oh, Seinfeld and Louis. Like, yeah. And, you know, I visited New York like six times. I love it. It's wow. the best. Um, and then I went out to L.A. And, like, the, the, during the first day I was there, I was like, oh, no, this is it. I didn't know. And uh, I really loved it, and I loved the people out there and the shows and everything about it I really liked, uh, other than the traffic. But Atlanta's got bad traffic, too. So, But, yeah, I, I, once I visited, I was like, all right, well, let's plan. Me and my girlfriend were like, let's plan on moving there. And, and recently things have kind of lined up for that. Uh, and my parents really love my girlfriend a lot, so they're, they're happy somebody's looking out. <laughs> you know, when you visit New York six times, LA once, what did LA have that New York didn't? 
Well, it always works out like I've been doing the road a lot in the last year, and every headliner that I really clicked with, they're like, "Yeah, I'm in, I'm out in L.A." And I was just like, "What?" Like, there's a there's some people in New York I really jive with, but most of them just happen to live there, and so I kind of started to notice that, um, and. Every time I would go to L.A., I would have so... I like New York's very fun, too. But I just had... The, the, the amount of fun I had and the, the shows and the weather and everything, I just really liked the vibe there. I, and I didn't... I had a feeling there that I've never had anywhere else. Like, I just really loved the feeling of, of being there. And it was very exciting. And it... I mean, I'm sure it's the way gay people feel when they meet another gay person you know it's like it's the same feeling i had when i did stand up like oh this is it mm-hmm. i didn't know or you know and then going to like oh this is where i want to live i ha- i didn't know that's what it was um so it's it's hard to argue with something like that where it's like i would like if i got saturday night live i'd move to new york but other, like if it's just a, up to me la's just feels great you went on a national tour with Dave Stone, oh, yeah. another Atlanta comic who is now based out of L.A. Mm-hmm. Most of the comics from Atlanta seem to be moving to New York. Dave is one of the few that picked L.A. Mm-hmm. Did him being out there have an influence on the decision? Oh, for sure. Um, he was the same way. He thought he was moving to New York. And uh, and then he visited L.A. and was like, oh, nope, it's here. And... Uh, I, I didn't expect to have the same feel, but it was the exact same thing where I was like, oh, no, I'm moving. He was like, that's the exact same way it happened for me. And uh, he's he's one of my best friends, so that's that's great that he's out there. And uh, a lot of people choose New York, uh, and I'm sure they had that feeling too when they went there. It was like, oh, this is where I need to be. So I can't really fault them for it. I mean, they're the two biggest cities, so clearly people like, like them. Mm-hmm. But uh, for what I'd like to do... I really love TV and I really love movies and that's what I'd like, you know, so I, I really want to be there and I really just love that city too. Uh, and I hate being cold, but <laughs> I could deal with it. Um, I really like Chicago too. You ever been to Chicago? I have been to Chicago. Oh, that place in the summer is awesome. Uh, but, you know, not, not as much industry there. But yeah, L.A. is just cool. You have performed in Chicago as well, though? Yeah, Chicago's awesome. Yeah. I think with the Laugh Factory? Yeah, that place is great. And they just, it's its similar to Atlanta. There's tons of great shows. You can get tons of, I did six shows while I was there. Mm-hmm. I was only there for a couple of days. And I just had so much fun. And the comics, it's its a re- its similar to here, where it's fun and people just want to get good. And they are they you can tell they love it and they're not worrying about, you know, career things as much there's still people here that do that but it was it was a vibe it was like atlanta but you know midwest and their public transportation is awesome and i really just dug that city i hated it when i went in the winter but i mean it's i don't like anywhere in the winter i don't like atlanta in the winter this last one was god awful one of the big differences though between chicago and atlanta is the amount of industry not only here right now but that is moving here mm-hmm. is there not a part of you thinking you know maybe i could stay here you know it's projected atlanta is going to become the second most populating city for industry above new york by like next year 
I mean, is there a part of you like, well... Well, there's... There's part of me is, is that way. Um, but for the most part, it's like, you know, I really like... Uh, like, there's been a couple times I almost got a movie role here. Like, but a, like a one-line role in a movie they're filming here. Um, which would have been cool, and I would have been like, yeah, I'm doing this in Atlanta. But, mm -hmm. you know, whatever movie it was supposed to be, I can't remember, some Marvel thing. You know, but, like, I'm, sh you know, Paul Rudd isn't going to move to Atlanta to be an Ant-Man. You know what I mean? Like, he's... <laughs> L.A.'s still where they're casting the things, and they'll film it here because it's cheaper, but... And they did the same thing in Wilmington where they had some weird discount, and so people started filming stuff there for a while. And it's great, and it's great for Atlanta to have, but I, it's hard to beat the the capital for it. Uh, I mean, Atlanta's amazing, but, you know, they're still, like, even though I could you could audition for Last Comic Standing here, they, you still need to be out there to, to do it. Uh, you have to fly out there. You have to... And people in New York and Atlanta, when things start really going well, you're going to have to... And that's why so many people move there, because it's like, man, I'm flying to L.A., you know, ten times a year for these things. And and uh, so there's a little of that. Uh, it would be really weird if it really did just switch, mm -hmm. and they were just like, all right, Hollywood's no... It's all in Atlanta now. <laughs> but, I mean, I, I think it'll Atlanta will just be a weird, a nice hub as well. Um, but I, I don't know if it'll... I mean, it's it's been L.A. for the entire history of movies, so I, it won't it won't switch. But I I am excited for Atlanta to have more, which I think is great. And I I mean, I'm still gonna be here. I remember when Dave moved, saw him again a month later at the Laughing Skull. It's mm -hmm. not like I'm just switching addresses. I'm not I'm not giving up on Atlanta. You know, I still mm -hmm. want to be here. I'll be back in October. But well, you follow. It seems that you follow your heart a lot. You, you know, you go to college per your parents' um, yeah. suggestion. <laughs> I didn't know used. you were allowed to not go. Yeah, I like it was. It goes right from high school. Like it, to me, it was just thirteenth grade. I I didn't know I couldn't go to. I like until stand up. I was like, oh, I can just not do this. I can just do this instead. But I think a lot of kids don't know you can just graduate high school and work for a little bit and save up. And not blow a bunch of money on a major you don't really want. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. uh, so I didn't really know I didn't have... Because I would always say that in high school. Like, oh, I'm just not going to go. But I was kidding. I didn't know you really could just not go. Yeah, but to make these... These are big decisions. I mean, you go to school. You drop out. You're like, okay, I'm doing stand-up now. Okay, I'm going to move to Atlanta now. And then doing stand-up full-time. A few years later of doing that, now you're like, okay, I'm going to L.A., the epicenter of everything. Mm -hmm. I mean, do you think your background in faith <laughs> kind of informs these extreme decisions? Well, um, I'm sure. I'm, there's so many things where it's like, I'm sure that's a factor, but I, I don't have, like, I dropped out of college. I don't, I, don't, I don't know anything about psychology or anything. I'm sure it does, but I just feel like when you know something, like, I knew Atlanta was very special and was having a, really intense special thing similar to what happened in Chicago like 10 years ago with all that crew that's now huge right um and I was like oh these guys are amazing and very talented like I went to Star Bar 
one time. Well, this is when I lived in Athens, and I was awful at stand. I couldn't get any laughs at all. I didn't know why my friends were laughing at what I said, and strangers weren't. I couldn't figure out what to do. And uh, I went to Starbucks one time, had a terrible set, but I watched the rest of the show, and it was like Clayton English and Jared Harris and Dave Stone and Andy Sanford and uh, Paul Galois, and it was an insane show. And everybody was just crushing it. Noah Garden Schwartz, everybody. And uh, I was like, oh, the, and they all live here? What? Like, I couldn't believe it. I didn't think that existed. I thought that was just in New York and L.A. And it was, in, they're all amazing. And they're all doing big stuff and moving and shaking. I was like, this, I'm moving here as soon as I can. Uh, and I, like, when you just know something, like, I don't think of it as, like, jumping off a cliff. I was just like, I thought about it as driving to a city. Oh, this is where I'm going here. And then when things started pointing to L.A., I was like, okay, well, let's go there. Uh, I mean, I, I don't think it's... Uh, I'm sure I would have felt the same way if I started stand-up, you know, in Illinois and then was like, oh, Chicago. Uh, but it's, I mean, sometimes you just know something. It's just like getting in a relationship. Oh, this person's great. Let's let's hook up. Let's let's. But, I mean, I could be wrong. I'm wrong about a lot of things, but I don't think I was wrong about Atlanta. I feel like it was a... I don't know if I could have gotten what I got anywhere else. I mean, this was really great, and I think it's great for a lot of comics. I, I think you get good here faster than almost anywhere, you really, unless you have some crazy, like, your Jerry Seinfeld son. I'm sure you mm -hmm. get set up pretty well <laughs> in New York. But Is there a specific event that happened that made you think, oh, I'm good enough to move to L.A. now? Um, well, I still don't think I'm... I still think I got a lot of work to do, but um, once people started, you know, saying that a lot, like, and you're just like, shut up, I'm having fun, but enough people were like, dude, and then I'd be like, ah, oh, whatever, and they're like, no, I'm serious, and like, because when you suck, nobody's like, move to L.A., like, when I wasn't <laughs> getting it, I, like, it was a, I realized when people, like, when people started saying it, I was like, oh, okay, maybe they're right, and then people wouldn't shut up about it. And I was like, maybe they're right. And then I visited and was like, oh, I would just like to live here anyhow. This would be great. And the stand-up, you know. So, I mean, I don't know if it was a specific event, but after the Laughing Skull Festival, ev like, I was so excited because that's why everybody applies to it because you're like, oh, these bookers and these industry and TV, all these people are going to be watching me. Oh, I, I'm just going to be huge. I'm just going to kill it. And and then I'm going to be a, a famous but everybody, I, I came in second. It was great. I did as well as I could have hoped to do. Mm -hmm. um, but everybody I met was like, they'd give me their card and be like, hey, well, let me know when you're in L.A. <laughs> and so I was like, oh, that's how it is. It's, you, they're not going to uproot and be like, well, let's open up an office in Atlanta for Caleb. You know, they're going to be like, get your ass out here. <sighs> you know, well, this is where we're at. So that kind of really opened up my eyes like, oh, I, I might need to really move there. Uh, and that was about a year ago. And so this past year has been like, okay, let's, but I'm glad I had this past year of like doing the road a lot and, mm -hmm. and I could get, I was more and more into the Atlanta scene and I love doing cloud nine and things that I hadn't done before really. And so I think that, cause I don't, I think I got a lot better in the past year that I, and I don't think I could have gotten that much better doing three minutes at a LA open mic, uh, and when you move there, you don't want to show up. You want to be good. 
Right. You don't want to be like, yeah, I'm working on some. <laughs> you want to be like, yeah, I'm I'm pretty good, and you know, I I still like to get better. But at a certain point, like if you're in LA, it's hard to get stage time if you're not big, um, and you can get tons of stage time in Atlanta if you're anybody. Like it's a ton, so so much, um, so you're missing out on the stage time in LA, but at a certain point in Atlanta, you're you're getting the stage time, but you're missing out on all the, you know, bookings and TV things. So I feel like whenever that those lines cross and it's like I'm getting the stage time and I'm missing that like whenever you're you're missing something from the other city, I think is is when it makes sense. So do you feel like stand up isn't enough anymore? Oh, it's definitely still my favorite. Um but I would like like a show, like the George Theater show was crazy. Right. It was, all the seats were full. There's tons of people. I mean, it was, you're getting applause breaks and you're like, man, and there, there are people that knew me and friends of mine and it was a great crowd. And, and I, like, that's what I'd like for it to be every night and for it to be like, like that's how it is for Kyle Kinane now because he has fans and every city's like that. So, and he lives out there and it's like, you gotta, you kind of need to be broadcast out there either on TV or whatever to have that sort of following. So, and that's what I'd like. Like, I feel like he has the sweetest gig there is. Like every city he goes to hundreds and hundreds, maybe sometimes a thousand or more people are can't wait to see him and mm-hmm. fill up a theater. And, uh, it's, you know, you kind of have to go get yourself out there to, to accomplish that. Well, you went to UGA for theater and film. Mm-hmm. Is that kind of the long-term goal, stand-up on the back burner, but really it's movies? Well, I ideally, every day, I, like like Jerry Seinfeld has the, the best setup ever. He goes and drinks coffee with his friends, and a camera crew comes, and uh, they just give him money, and he already, you know, and then he gets checks from his sitcom, and then he goes out and does theaters at night and can get on. Like that, just, I would love to do stand-up every night, and then work on whatever project in the daytime, you know. If my if your day job is TV and then at night you do stand like that's very ideal for me. So I'd love to get um involved in some TV things. Uh you know, just doing Last Comic Standing, like it was like seven hours on that lot filming. Mm-hmm. And everybody like people were like looking at their sets and like oh, and I was like, I know the set. We I mean we they we had to submit every word, you know. Mm-hmm. So I was like, let's, you know, there's a camera crew right here. We look amazing. We got makeup and our hair looks great, all this wardrobe. Like, and they're like asking us, like, hey, do you want to talk to the and so I was like, let's talk to the who knows, you know? <laughs> I just love I love TV and I, I want to do it as much as I I'd love to do that all day and then go do a set at night and and that that would be perfect. So it's hard to it's hard to and like cause I love like that's why I majored in theater and film because I love mm-hmm. uh, I love that part of it too. It's stand up still the, the impossible to beat, mm-hmm. uh, but you know, movies are cool. Seinfeld got his show super young, and you're are you twenty four? Twenty. I'll be twenty four on the nineteenth of July. So. So you're only 23, yeah. and you're like, oh, well, I got to get on TV. Are you looking at the Seinfeld model? Like, well, if I don't do it young, then it's not going to happen. Uh, well, I mean, I, I knew I had a leg up starting early. Um, so I was like, well, I don't want to start early and be like, well, I got plenty of time. I was like, well, let's take it seriously, you know. Um, 
So, I mean, obviously, and it's anybody, when they start stand-up, they're like, the day you start, you're like, well, I got 30 minutes, and I can feature there, and I'm really fine. I, can, why am I, I should be on Conan. Like, immediately, you're like, I'm really funny. Uh, otherwise, well, you wouldn't do it if you didn't think you're really funny. So you're like, I'm really funny. I should do this. And it's like, oh, you're not good enough yet. And it's hard to tell yourself that, but uh, I would like to do things and there's you know just a couple things that have happened i'm like oh i and then you know a couple other things i'm trying to get to happen and uh like what i mean nothing i can really talk about but just other other things in that vein like i couldn't talk about last comic standing for forever Mm -hmm. uh but i mean there's obviously i'd love to do everything like i'd love to be on any i mean not anything but I, i i just really love tv i love the whole thing so i mean whether it's a show or like kyle canane doesn't have his own show but Mm -hmm. you see he's on tv constantly and he's great at just about every like he's on at midnight he's amazing he's really funny on that show and whenever he just does stand up or i mean so I, i do love all the kinds you know so when you get out to la is first thing you gotta get representation you gotta start emailing people your videos what uh, I mean, I'll I'll probably do it the same way I did in Atlanta. Just every night, go out to a show, and you know, if you do, if it's an open mic or a book show or or whatever. And I mean, last time I went out there and did shows, it was just insane. Mm-hmm. Like the shows are awesome, and big crowds. And every show I did, I was just like, man, I can't believe they let me do this. This is everybody else on the show is a big deal. And uh, I mean, I love the stand up part, and like you know. Things, things just seem to, if you are in front of the right people, you know, I don't have representation yet, but I mean, I mean, I, I think it'll happen when it's supposed to happen, but I mean, everything that's happened for me so far has just been from me either making someone laugh in person or I sent them my video and they laughed or, so I'm, I think as long as you just focus on being funny, writing new jokes and getting on stage, I, I think other things will happen if they're supposed to. So hopefully things will happen the same way they've been happening here, but There's the beach f- will be there. It'll happen if it's supposed to happen. There's that faith again. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I pray before every set. <laughs> or, or, you know, I pray for the crowd. Besides performance, I mean, writing is a big thing. You have a great blog. Oh, yeah. You have a great blog, and you mentioned you. writing screenplays in high school. So, I mean, are you continuing to exercise that muscle as well? Well, it's similar to um, stand-up. You suck at writing uh, initially. Mm -hmm. Um, Like, I started writing as soon as I... I mean, I've been writing the whole... My whole life, and they've all sucked. Uh, And it's it's just like stand-up. Like, I look at something I wrote two months ago, I'm like, ugh. Mm -hmm. Like, it's so embarrassing. And uh, so I kind of... When I started doing stand-up, I would still write, but I would you know, you're more aware of yourself once you start doing stand-up and you know how people react to things. So anything I've been writing for the past couple of years, I've hated it so much immediately afterwards and just been embarrassed. So I do kind of need to have a little more faith and be like, yeah, this might be, you know, but so much of it has, has just uh, brought me a lot of grief. But uh, there's a couple things I've written recently that are pretty good I, for, for me. Uh, and I'm sure I'll hate him in a year, but it's it is fun still to to write. But man, it's, you just can't beat 
being in front of a crowd. Mm-hmm. That's, it's way more fun than sitting in a chair writing on your laptop. When you say you have a few things you're happy about, are these, is this feature length? Is this a pilot, a sketch? Um, just other things that I might be, because I, there's a, like last year when uh, some of my friends got on Last Comic Standing, I was like, okay, maybe if that show happens again, maybe I could do that. And uh, that was my goal, and it ended up happening. Uh, but for a long time, I was like, I don't know, that seems like a long shot. And there's things ha- like that right now that are in the mix that mm-hmm. I don't want to tell anybody about in case they don't happen, then I'm an idiot. Uh, but there's a couple things like that that I'm like, oh, man, if this works out, this would be really cool. But I'm realizing everything takes a long time. Uh, so you can kind of shorten that up by being in L.A. Because it's like out of Atlanta doing things is it's a lot of emailing and tape sending and uh, well, then when you're out here, we'll look. And so it, it, it will help being there for, for things. But, uh, you know, and it's so many things don't happen and so many things get canceled. So, mm-hmm. you know, I remember Live at Gotham was awesome. And then that got canceled. It's like, oh, man. Like, and I knew s- several people that were in line for the next thing for Live at Gotham. And then it got canceled. And they're like, oh, I was about to have my first big TV thing. And, and then the show gets canceled. So that's like if Last Comic Standing had gotten canceled, I'd have been really upset because <laughs> that was going to be my, oh man, I got finally got a you know. Would you still be moving? Probably, um, because I got, and it's also it's a team effort. You know, my I don't know if you know this, but you know Babs, my girlfriend. I've met her. Yeah, she got the L.A. position with Sierra Nevada, the brewery. So. And that's been her goal nice. for the past few years too. And uh, so she is, she if she, if I felt like oh I don't know if I'm ready to move, she'd be like, well I'll see you out there, buddy, because I'm not <laughs> turning down like that. If you translated that to stand, that would be like getting, I don't like Saturday Night Live or something. It's yeah. huge in her field, so she'd be going anyhow. She's not. She wouldn't be like oh well tell me when you're ready. Like she's like I'm going now. Like she just got the job. So she's almost giving you the push to speed it up. Well, it also happened to work out with a few things that this seems like the right time for me to move. Um, but it's definitely the right time. Like, it is very apparent that she needs to be out there. Um, and so that's also, I want to catch up to her. Like, for me to get to where hmm. she's at in, in beer, I got I to gotta be in L.A. To, to get my career to her level. Yeah. Wow. It seems like time is on your side, Caleb. I hope so. I hope so. Is there anything else you want the world to know? Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, I don't know. Um, definitely, if you're a comedian, stop pretending that you're a... a I, mean, I know there are tortured souls, but I'm, I'm getting really sick of everybody <laughs> jumping on the bandwagon because uh, I'm not a tortured soul. And I like I, I see so many people pretending that they're... Uh, you know, it's like every athlete pretending they're Rocky. It's like, come on. <laughs> <laughs> some of you are just you just like football it's not a mm-hmm. <laughs> you know it's not a movie plot and uh i've heard so many comedians like ah. and i'm like you your parents paid for you to move and live in manhattan you're doing fine what are mm-hmm. you like ah oh, tortured get out of here <laughs> like i know i know you i just, i'm friends with you on facebook i see what it is but are your parents still helping you out no no they don't they have more money than I thought they did, but they have a they have a they're very Republican, 
They're like, you earn your thing, and we're, like, they don't, they've never, I've never asked either, but they don't, they don't do that. They're not that, those kind of people. I They would be like, uh, now you're just sucking off the teat. You're like, like they don't, they don't <laughs> like, uh, and I get it, you know. Mm-hmm. My dad still chops wood. He doesn't need to, but that's how he heats the house is with a <laughs> furnace with wood in it. So they're very, you know. And and now they'd be like, oh, you're on TV. You don't need, like, even though you're not, just because you get on TV doesn't mean you're wealthy. Right. I'm still very poor, but, yeah, they don't, they don't do that. Well, please let the world know where they can find you so you won't be poor anymore. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, oh I got to pretend my career is going better. Uh, you're moving to L.A.? It's pretty, it's going, I can't really, comp- I'd sound like an idiot complaining because I'm, I'm thrilled about everything that's happening, but yeah. Uh, Caleb Sinan, S-Y-N-A-N, Caleb's with a C. Uh, that's my Twitter. That's my Instagram. Um, I have a blog that I haven't updated as much recently, but I blog sometimes. And uh, last comic standings, July 22nd. Um, so look out for me on that. And uh, yeah, that's that's what it is. And and Joel's podcast, you gotta you gotta listen to all of them. <laughs> Well, thanks for being a part of this. Thanks, man. All right. Thank you, Caleb Sinan. Yeah. Hell yeah. Amen. I am cleansed. Started from the bottom, now we're here. Just to give you an update, Caleb is now living in Los Angeles and has already been featured as one of the new faces of comedy at the prestigious Just for Laughs Festival in Montreal. So we have a couple Atlanta comics actually on that prestigious platform. Not to brag, but that's festival's pretty much the bullpen for comedy's next rising stars. So definitely keep an eye out on that. If you enjoyed this episode, please post some feedback on hotbreathpod.blogspot.com or the Hot Breath Pod Tumblr. But I thank you so much for supporting this movement. I also must thank so much at Aaron A. Rogers for the theme song and my engineer at Tyler Guns. Anybody interested in learning more, you know, you can check out the Hot Breath Pod blogspot or the Tumblr at Hot Breath Pod on social media. I also personally have a comedy class at Highwire Comedy Company in Decatur if anybody's interested or anybody interested in seeing me perform stand-up. I host a free show at Java Monkey in Decatur every Wednesday, 8.30. Come on out. You can see the schedule on my website, joelbyerscomedy.com or social media at joelbyerscomedy. I feel like we learned a lot today. I hope you can take this information forward with you and uh, apply it to your friends and let them know that you just experienced another episode of Hot Breath. Oh.